our vision with this product was to create a tool that is catered to the individual process of each university, not something that the university would have to change what they're doing in order to suit the tool. You're listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Join your hosts, Michael and Jenna, as they discuss all things ORAU through interviews with our experts who provide innovative scientific and technical solutions for our customers. They'll talk about ORU's storied history, how we're impacting an ever-changing world, and our commitment to our community. Welcome to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Well, good morning and welcome to another episode of Further Together, the ORU podcast. I am your host, Michael Holtz, with my fine co-host, Jenna Harpernow. Jenna, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you? (laughs) We are deep in the middle of the holiday season with a raging pandemic, so (laughs) life is fantastic. Yeah, I get to stare at my Christmas tree a little bit more than normal this year, which isn't all bad. So It's not a bad thing, right? Um, so, yeah. Um, speaking of raging pandemics, uh-huh. we're talking about um, a new tool in the arsenal for universities to essentially track COVID and other illnesses on campus. It's called Sarah Alert Academic. And we have a pretty substantial team of experts joining us today. So um, I'm going to, rather than tell everyone who's here, let them all introduce themselves. And I'll start with, I will start with Ken Tobin because Ken is kind of an old hand at the podcast by now. We've done this Mm -hmm. a few times. So Ken Tobin, Welcome, and tell us who you are. Hi, thank you, Michael and Jenna. So I I am Ken Tobin, and I am the uh, Vice President of the Research and University Partnerships Office here at ORU. I've been on board with the company since last May. Uh, Lots of changes have been taking place since that time, obviously. Um, The the Sarah Alert Academic opportunity is something that kind of really fit really well in what we do in in research and university partnerships and i'll be Mm -hmm. glad to tell you a little bit more about that as as we go on excellent um chester mays welcome hi michael uh i'm chester mays i'm the cio with orau i've been very fortunate to have an opportunity to work with this project it's actually been uh both successful and exciting so Look forward to giving some information on the infrastructure side. Awesome. Casey Thomas, welcome. Good morning, Michael and Jenna and everyone else. Um, so I'm Casey Thomas. I am the project manager for Sarah Academic. I'm currently sitting in a university partnerships office, but before that, um, about a year ago, I joined the office. I had been working in the health preparedness group. So this was a subject that was near and dear to my heart, and I, uh, I'm pretty sure I, I came close to begging Ken to let me be involved in this. So look forward to talking about it. <laughs> awesome. Philip Allen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Michael. Um, I'm Philip Allen. I'm the group manager of our technology solutions group in the IDT department of ORU. Uh, I've been helping out on the, uh, the development side of things as well as uh, some of the onboarding and some of the training aspects of Sarah Alert. 
Excellent. Thank you, sir. And last but certainly not least, Dawn Newell. Welcome. Thank you. My name is Dawn Newell, and I'm the product owner for Sarah Ellard Academics. So I'm the one who's um, in the weeds and designing what our next features will be. So that's really exciting for me. Awesome. Thank you so much. So, Ken, let's just jump in on... Um, Essentially, how we got here. The I I know that Sarah Alert Academic is has grown out of our partnership with the Mitre Corporation. Um, what's the background, and how did we get to having this product in the first place? Sure. So, um, actually, ORU and Mitre have been working together, and in fact, are, are both members of the COVID nineteen Healthcare Coalition, uh, which came together back in the winter. You know, this this past winter. Uh, when COVID took off and everything was shutting down, that was a, it's an organization that brought together many, many companies and, and organizations across the country, kind of on a volunteer basis to look at how we could apply everything that we knew, if you could, to um, to addressing the whole COVID, the COVID nineteen issue. So, um, Miter, in fact, had um, had some funding from the CDC and used some internal funding and had developed a. Um, a product, a software product called Sarah Alert, which was really intended for the, the, the public health agencies from local levels, state levels, uh, all around the country. And it was a, a, a tool that was designed to help public health to um, manage COVID infections from the perspective of monitoring uh, uh, the numbers and the statistics and the analytics around who's being infected and, and where they live and those kinds of things. And it's, it was, it's been very, very successful to date. Um, I think the um, overall, the, 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 the Sarah Alert or public health instance has probably had uh, well, well over a, a million cumulative monitorees around the country that have been using Sarah Alert. Um, mm -hmm. There are over 7,000, probably almost 8,000 public health users today that are using the, the public health version of Sarah Alert. Wow. And over Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's quite dispersed, I guess. At this point, uh, there's over 650 jurisdictions, and it's in 15 different states. But it really is focused on public health. Um, um, so if you have um, companies or K through 12 or universities or you know other kinds of entities that wanted to have uh, access to a mechanism or a means for for monitoring COVID infections and COVID exposures and such, they're really uh, that was really outside of the purview of, of what MITRE was doing. And so um, uh, they approached ORU back in the June-ish timeframe, and they asked us if we might work with our university consortium to create a, um, a Sarah Alert academic instance, or a version of Sarah Alert that was really geared towards the university environment that could, um, they could help uh, answer the mail, if you would, for a, a number of universities that had been contacting MITRE asking for access to uh, similar, you know, similar tools uh, that they were providing to, um, to the public health agencies. And so that's really how, how we got involved. So we, we started in the June, July timeframe to look at how we could put together an academic instance of Sarah Alert and um, uh, modify it, if you would, for the university environment. And as we go through the talk today, you'll hear from some of the other folks on the kinds of things that we're doing to make it really unique to universities and useful to universities. Great, thanks for that background, Ken. Um, sure. Chester, I know that 
obviously creating a product like this required collaboration between Ken's office, the Research and University Partnerships Office, and your group. Um, talk a little bit about how the ITS repo collaboration has worked. Okay. Uh, we can hit on that. And I think the whole purpose of having a separate instance uh, that Ken mentioned really gets into tailoring something that works for the university environment, allows them to structure so it lines up with their areas. However, in terms of hosting an application like this, uh, there are some very specific requirements for information security in those components. When we decided that this should be a separate instance, uh, ORAU in conjunction and collaboration with MITRE really started looking at what would drive deciding a platform and where to actually host and execute this. So we really looked at this across four areas. One would be vendor readiness. Second would get into the security of any potential PHI that may be there. Uh, looking for support for the product development and ensuring that we can maintain alignment with the standard code base or the Sarah Alert code base that MITRE has so we could continue to collaborate and build that out jointly. We chose a company called Rupo uh, primarily because of A, their experience with the uh, maintaining and protecting health data they also were extremely aware and familiar with the uh, Sarah Alert code base since they provide some support for the primary. And the third reason was their ability to stand this up quickly. All in all, it's been a really great success. Uh, the application from the time we started discussing this with Rupo until it being actually available and ready to onboard clients was really in a matter of weeks. I think within six weeks, it was stood up and we were ready for clients to enter into the system. Uh, it's a fully functioning delivered tool and uh, universities are signing up and entering into it concurrently with continued development that Philip will get into in a little bit more. More importantly, from an, a CIO perspective, it does provide the full set of cyber and information security controls that we would need to protect the data. So I Thank think you. that's a summary of the high level repo arrangement and why we went down that path. Okay, great. Um, can someone tell us a little bit more about the tool and how it works? I can give you just a, a high level overview, Jenna. Um, Really, Sarah Alert Academic or Sarah Alert both are web-based uh, tools hosted in the cloud to monitor and automate the monitoring process of people that have been exposed or are in quarantine for a pandemic. You know, and currently that is COVID-19. So the system has a lightweight experience for a monitoree that is being monitored on a daily basis during their period. And on the back end, um, in, in the case of Sarah Alert Academic, it has a robust set of tools that allows for some track in-depth tracking and um, reporting on the status of the population that are being monitored at any given time. 
who has come through um, where they are, and then who has come out the other side. Awesome. So, Philip, I know Ken's talked about this a little bit, um, and I think Chester did as well. What are some of the specific modifications that have been made from the Sarah Alert public health version to this Sarah Alert academic version that we're working on and, and continuing to update? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, Michael. I think I'd like to um, let Dawn chime in there as the product sure. owner. She can probably best talk about what's going on and what's happened and kind of where they're headed to. Thanks, Philip. So um, first, I'd like to set the stage so we get an idea of what our universities are actually going through. Um, we know within um, the public health sphere, we hear numerous anecdotal stories about how the amount of monitorees is just so overwhelming that contact tracers um, are essentially unable to um, intervene and manage cases because there aren't enough hours in the day to be able to actually pick up the phone, um, call that uh, person who is reporting symptoms, and then uh, work with them in order to create a quarantine or isolation plan. Not only do our universities have um, this problem, but they're working with a rotate, rotating staff. So yes, they do have some employees, usually within um, the health services area of the university, but they also have student workers. So they really um, needed a tool that was able to quickly um, be understood, um, to be able to implement swiftly, and then to be able to onboard and offboard their staff as needed. So one of the um, great features about this application is it actually can be implemented within two to three days. Um, and the overall um, look and feel of the application is very intuitive. So it's not spending uh, weeks at a time implementing a new tool, but able to, okay, we have created all of your user accounts. You're able to now self-manage the application, which is different from um, other tools that I've used in the past. Um, but you're also able to get uh, your workers in there and actively managing cases right away, which is amazing. Right. So it really, you can, if, if you're a university that's deciding to use this tool, you can basically get it up and running fairly quickly, it sounds like. Absolutely. Um, one of the other great features about the application is even if you're using, um, and many of our universities have, developed an in-house software or monitoring um, tool of some sort, they're still able to use Sarah Alert. Um, and the reason they would want to do this is because uh, Sarah Alert Academic enables them to send out text or email um, monitoring. Basically, an email uh, pops up in your inbox or you receive a text on your phone and that says, hey, do you want to report your symptoms now? And so the user in this non-intrusive way is able to log whatever symptoms they have or say that they're no longer experiencing any symptoms. And that information all comes back to our application. So really, um, student health services can then identify, okay, this record, um, based on the information that they're reporting, needs human intervention. Let me call them or let me um, coordinate food, uh, medicine, or housing for them. Or, okay, this individual was exposed but is not experiencing any symptoms. 
for the infectious disease period, they're okay to go ahead and resume their normal lives. And that automation is really what frees up those student health workers to focus on what is important and also give them the, gives them the data that they need in order to make strategic decisions to say, okay, what's the overall health of my campus at any given time, which our automated reporting um, enables, enables our users to go ahead and use that information um, with their leadership, with regulatory bodies, et cetera. So that's really an amazing feature of our product and why in comparison to other um, products on the market, uh, we do what we say we're going to do and we do it really effectively. That sounds great. And Dawn, if I understand if you, through that automated system, you know, you can narrow down to a specific building on campus, maybe even a specific floor of, say, a dorm building to know if there's an outbreak or there's a, you know, it sort of helps in the contact tracing where the outbreak might be happening sort of aspect of illness tracking, whether it's this pandemic or others. Absolutely. Um, and while getting all of those metrics, we actually have a security feature uh, within the application where depending on um, the workflow of that specific institution, um, we can uh, create permissions that enable those enrollers to only see specific records that they need access to. So we have one instance where our university um, wants to manage all uh, students within the medical school um, separately than the rest of their population. And so what we're able to do is actually design those permissions so that way um, the medical school staff isn't seeing any records that one, they don't need to look at, and two, they shouldn't be looking at. Okay. That's really, as someone who's not using this system, that sounds really cool. Yeah. And the, the PII safety, the PHI safety is really important too, especially during these times. So, Absolutely. Um, Philip or Chester, I want to take a step back for a second. I know that there's another um, organization company involved um, called Rubos and just wanted to A, um, make sure we say their name, but two, what is their involvement in the project? Okay. Uh, I'll take this one, Michael, and I probably wasn't clear enough whenever I got into it, but Ruvos is actually the uh, uh, hosting service that we're using for the AWS cloud implementation for academic uh, or for the Sarah Alert academic. Uh, so what we were talking about earlier as far as the partnership with them to actually let us stand it up quickly, provide it in a secure environment, and even provide some of the support of aligning the code base that's used for MITRE Sarah Alert and ORU Sarah Alert Academic. So they're facilitators of that as a key partner in this. Gotcha. Okay. So if I'm Harpenau University and I want to um, use Sarah Alert Academic on my campus, how does that work? 
What's the onboarding process? So the onboarding process is very seamless. Um, the only thing that we need from the university to get started is to understand uh, who would like to uh, be in the application and actually managing the um, cases. So identifying who should be the admin at that university, who's an enroller, um, who is just going to be focusing on analytics. And then once we have that list, we create uh, different domains within the application to determine how would you like to uh, manage your overall campus? So do you want certain buildings um, isolated? Do you want uh, on-campus and off-campus cases isolated? Things like that. And really, we partner with the university to understand their process so we can tailor the application to what they're doing. They can contact Great. us. So it's, it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. You, you work with them to find out what their end goal is, and you're able to tailor it directly to the information that they're trying to see, correct? Yes, our vision with this product was to create a tool that is catered to the individual process of each university, not something that the university would have to change what they're doing in order to suit the tool. Yeah, one of the other aspects that you know I would like to highlight is that we're also, like MITRE, we're developing this application in an agile framework. Um, and one of the asks that we have of our partner universities is to give us feedback, you know, and tell us mm -hmm. what they need, um, what's working well, what's not working as well, et cetera. And that's another aspect of that partnership that we, we really um, encourage uh, is that, that communication of what's needed um, and a, an, an help in guiding where we're going, because the goal, is, like Don said, is to tailor the application to make it the most valuable tool you know we can uh, for the university space. That's really great, and I know Jenna and Don mentioned this a little bit, but security obviously is of utmost important when you're talking about PII and health data and all of those things. So. I have to assume there's a great deal of security built into that, that piece as well. Yes, not only are we doing role-based permissions, but we also have two-factor authentication. So similar to when you log into your bank and you receive a code that you then have to put in, um, Sarah Alert uses both SMS text as well as a phone call in order to get that code and really make sure that whoever is logging into the system is who they say they are. Great. Um, Casey, I'm gonna to come to you with this one. Um, how do universities get signed up? Sure, um, so it's, it's a pretty simple process. The first step is they can contact us at info at sarahacademic.org or um, if that's too complicated, they can just uh, email us through regular ORU channels too. You know, that's a long, the mouthful. Um, but after that, we'll set up a one-on-one -on -one kind of discussion with them to talk through some of their needs, um, figure out how the product can work for them, you know, customize it to their workflows, things like that. Um, and then it's just a simple process of um, signing a couple of agreements and going through the steps that Don was talking about. Great. And Casey, I know we're, we've been doing um, a series of kind of weekly webinars to help people understand, help university leadership understand 
how Sarah Alert works, how to, you know, onboard all of those things. Um, how long will those continue? So we have two more. We've got one on December 15th and then one on December 22nd. And then we will take a break from the holidays and the group start back up on January 5th. But the great thing is, I mean, there's there are opportunities for university partners um, who might be interested to learn more through these webinars. Absolutely. And we are always here to um, have a discussion outside of the webinar. Um, sometimes that's easier to really dig into the weeds and um, answer questions in a more personalized approach as well. Thank you, ma'am. Um, so for this may be for Ken or for everybody, um, what's next? What's on the horizon for Sarah Oler Academic? Well, I'll, I'll take a start at that and uh, we can kind of go from there. But um, obviously our, our first priority is to reach out to as many universities as we can, let them know the product is there, get them on board with, with using it. As we're you know moving into the, the spring semester, I think um, the break this 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 fall through Christmas is uh, where all the you know, many of the kids are heading for home. Um, this break is going to give those universities some time to um, to um, take a breath and and really start looking at tools like this and how to get them implemented. A lot of what the universities are doing are very um, homegrown. Uh, some of them are as simple as Excel spreadsheets and a lot of people knocking on doors. And so you know this is really going to provide new capabilities. But um, beyond what we're doing with the universities, we, we do see some potential value in trying to um, create perhaps another instance, which we're calling Sarah Alert Workplace, which could be of value to, um, well, think about East Tennessee and think about the Department of Energy's um, uh, facilities all around the, the region. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, local people that are working in very large companies they're also struggling and trying to maintain their, um, their, you know, their COVID populations to know who's been infected and who's quarantining and who's at work and those kinds of things. And we think we could potentially provide some value to them as well. And so that's that's another area that we're looking at moving moving forward with. Otherwise, um, there are some additional capabilities which I think Don and Philip might have talked about a little bit earlier, which are going to be I think of of bigger value in both the automation area and in the, um, the vaccine area as we go forward. We can see some value for the universities in being able to actually um, track students, or not track, but monitor or keep track of students who have um, who have had their vaccine. And if you recall the way the vaccines are uh, expected to be working there, there are two dose vaccines. So really um, administering vaccines, keeping track of who has them, um, alerting people to when they need to come back for their second vaccine. These are all important things. I'm, I'm pretty certain that many universities may actually require that their students have vaccines once they're available to everybody um, in order to come back on campus and live in dorms and things like this. So um, updating the Sarah Alert academic instance so that it can actually keep track of the vaccination schedules and things will be an important piece. There's also some additional um, um, automation that um, that needs to happen just for doing things like self-enrollment. Is it possible for some of the uh, the uh, uh, the universities to allow their, their students who are um, exposed or have shown positive on a test or whatever 
to enroll themselves, not have to necessarily use up the resources in their their um, local, um, you know, student health organizations and things like that. So there's some automation at that level as well that's going on as we go forward. That's great. So it's in store, really, for what might what might be possible. Anyone else have other thoughts on that question? Yes. I think, uh, Michael, to kind of highlight and tie back to what Ken was looking at, uh, the instance uh, that we have or could be modified to extend well beyond even COVID-19 <laughs> and have applicability for uh, tracking flu, other activities that uh, could have a significant impact on the universities and give them a streamlined manner for keeping up with items even uh, beyond or past the COVID-19 issue. Right, that's an important point. I mean, we're talking about it in the context of COVID-19 now, but really this is a tracking tool that will benefit any instance of illness, any outbreak, any whatever could happen on a university campus, so. And some of these infectious diseases um, are running concurrently. So also on our product plan is the ability to create custom um, disease campaigns. So let's say that we have a flu outbreak at the same time that we have um, the uh, COVID uh, outbreak that we're tracking. So the ability for organizations to create separate disease campaigns and also to manage those symptoms associated with each disease campaign concurrently um, is one of the features on our product plan. That's great. So definitely multi-purpose, definitely usable beyond the current episode that we're in. Um, it's secure. It's tailored to the university. What's not to love? And it's easy. Don't forget that. And it's easy, right? <laughs> it's really right. easy to use to get up and running. So that's 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 the what you know one of the big values of it, I believe. Is there anything that we haven't talked about with Sarah Alert that um, you all want to make sure we cover before we wrap things up? Um, we have some additional features that I can highlight as well. Oh, please do. So um, I think uh, Philip and Ken touched on this a little bit earlier, but the self-enrollment piece allows our monitories on any university campus to actually go to a website, select that URL, and then become, begin reporting immediately. This information is funneled into the application where our case management team is able to take a look at those uh, symptoms that are reported and identify cases that really need that one-on-one -on -one human intervention and call to those um, monitories and let them know what next steps are. Another feature that we're working on is the ability for um, our case management team, so the enrollers, the analysts, um, the super users, to be able to go in and when they're actually enrolling a case, to have um, help messages pop up for each section. It's incredibly difficult, I'm sure as you know, Michael, as an interviewer, um, 
to get information sometimes from people. And to do so in such um, a sensitive environment, as well as uh, remaining empathetic, making sure that you touch on all of the pieces that you need to, such as I'm from um, a certain university and let me verify your date and birth so I know I'm talking to the right person. And oh, by the way, let me know all of your symptoms that you're having and where you've been um, can be a lot to remember. So our goal is to um, make the process as uh, once again, easy as possible. So those contact tracers who are reaching out to our populations really elicit as much information as possible um, and uh, in an open and empathetic way. One more, one more thing that I, I want to make sure and, and add uh, is, it, and may put some questions at ease, uh, is that question of data ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, because we, you know, we've identified the importance in the security, we've identified how we protect PHI and PII. Um, I think it's also important to call out that Sarah Alert Academic, while it is a single system used by multiple universities, the data access is limited only to the university and those that they identify themselves should have access to their data. So ORU does not have any direct access to the data, uh, nor does MITRE. Um, a university itself decides which of their users um, has access to what, and they configure and they control that themselves. So it's not something that there is any global um, view or oversight into. Um, wanted to make sure and, and stress that. Sure, no, that's a, a very important point. Um, so the university basically still owns their data. Exactly, yeah, very gotcha. much so. Gotcha. And then Casey, one more thing. Um, in terms of how Sarah Alert Academic fits into the larger picture of a community's public health outreach. Yeah, um, and Philip kind of touched on this a little bit. So, you know, we know, and and we've seen with um, COVID-19, certainly that communication and and coordination between different entities in a community or a jurisdiction or um, county, you know, however your boundaries are set is critical to having a good response. you know, in an ideal world, everybody's system would talk to everybody else's system and we wouldn't have have any of these problems. Um, but, you know, we, we do the best with what we can. And the really nice thing about Sarah Lake Academic is, yes, the university owns their data, but it is in a format that they can really easily share with public health, you know, with their um, community government, you know, with whoever needs to see that information. So it's it's kind of breaking down. Um, in the preparedness world, we have the term breaking down the silos, and you'll hear that a lot. But, um, you know, it's kind of taking one step towards that ideal goal of everyone talking and, and really working together. So it's mm-hmm. it's a piece of a bigger puzzle. Um, that makes perfect sense, especially when you're dealing with an issue as big as a pandemic outbreak. Mm-hmm. Well, excellent. Thank you all so much for your time this morning. Um, Sarah Alert Academic sounds like a great tool for our university partners and other universities to use. And um, if you want more information, just reach out to our research and university partnerships office. Thanks, everyone, and have a great day. Thank you, Michael. Thank you all. Thank you for listening to Further Together, the ORU podcast. To learn more about any of the topics discussed by our experts, 
visit www.orau.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at ORAU, and on Instagram at ORAU Together. If you like Further Together, the ORU podcast, we would appreciate you giving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews will help more people find the podcast.